0: <laughs> verse 13, we've been talking, um, apart from Christmas last week, we, we, uh, who enjoyed last week? What a great, I thought it was a fantastic morning. I uh, uh, went back and listened to, to the message on iTunes, uh, and I, <laughs> I must admit it wasn't bad. Um, sometimes when I'm up here and I'm talking and, and I start going down a path, and I've got my notes here, But quite often, as you would know, I I don't stick to them and I just kind of go with what I feel God is saying at the time. And you would be amazed the amount of times I get to the end of a message and I go, oh my goodness, did that even make sense? So I go home sometimes and I re-listen to it just to shut that voice of negativity and the voice of the enemy down. And I did go home last week and I did listen to it and I did think, well, that wasn't bad. Um, But the the jumping uh, castle that we had out there and the barbecue and... You know, the the problem we used to have at the GSAC at the end of church when we were at the Sports and Aquatics Centre was that as soon as it finished, we had to pack up and everybody had to run off. And that was a problem. We didn't like that, you know. Uh, Now we've got the complete opposite problem. When church is over and we do a barbecue or a jumping castle trying to get anyone to leave, it's unbelievable. But that's a great thing. It means that you must really enjoy each other's company and you must enjoy being around one another. And I think that's an awesome thing, a great thing. So last week was a fantastic thing. And what we want to do going into 2019 is I'd love to do things like that a little bit more regularly. And uh, maybe we we, we get some flyers done and we can maybe promote it around the Goonella Bar area as well. We we might have some people that you might not want to come and sit through the church service, but maybe you might want to rock up at 12 for a free barbecue and a, a jumping castle. And that's okay because you know God, will, God uses all kinds of means and purposes to show his love to people and to connect with people. And the real power of reaching this world for Jesus is not in the programs that we run, it's in the people and the disciples that Jesus has in the palm of his hand. It's you and me that are going to reach this world and change this world. God uses programs, God uses processes and things like that. He always has, he always will. But the real power of the church is not the programs the church runs, it's the people that the church has. Okay. Uh, when I say church, of course I'm speaking about the, the uh, a rise as a structure, uh, but we are the church. We don't come to church, we are the church. But um, it was a great day. <laughs> but before that, we've been talking about this issue of expectation. And I can't escape this topic of expectation. I'm trying to move on. Do you ever find yourself reading books and thinking about things and you try to move on to something else, but you know God's saying, no, no, stay. I want you to park here for a little bit longer because I've got more that I want to say to you. There's more things I want to show you. Or I just want you to ponder and dwell in that space a little bit longer because there's more. We haven't uh, sucked all the juice out of that moment or whatever it is. So I can't escape this issue of expectation. So I want to speak again this morning about the power of expectation. And uh, Psalm 27 verse 13, it says this, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Think about that. (laughs) I would have lost heart. I would have been dejected, disappointed. I would have lost uh, perhaps a sense of a vision for the future. Unless I had believed. Unless I believed in something. And what is it that David's saying he believed in? Nobody knows what exactly was going on in David's life when he penned Psalm 27. There are all kinds of theories. Uh, one was that he penned it after his victory over Goliath. Another one was that he penned it in one of his darkest moments when, uh, when, when enemy forces were coming against him. It doesn't matter when he wrote this. What matters is that for some reason the Holy Spirit wanted this recorded, wanted it kept in this volume of 66 books that we call the Bible, so that in the year 2018, on the last Sunday of the year, we could be sitting here in Ginoleba and we could look at that verse and talk about the truth in it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. He says, I would have lost heart unless I'd believed. And here's what he believed. This is what what he said. If I don't don't believe this, I'm going to lose heart. And here's what he believed. That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, we are going to see the goodness of God the other side of eternity. When we depart this world, we are going to see the goodness of God in such a way that it's going to blow your finite mind. Praise God, you will no longer be in your human body because it would probably explode. When you stand there and you see the actual splendor and the goodness of God. So we're going to be out of our body one day and we're going to stand there and we're going to see the goodness of God. And we're going to be able to to deal with it then. We probably couldn't deal with a full understanding of God's goodness right now. Our finite brain would probably get messed up and scrambled. We can't cope with it. It's why God has to give it to us via revelation. He drops things into our spirit and we begin to understand more and more the goodness of God. I can tell you till the cows come home that, that, Jesus, that the Father loves you the same way that he loves Jesus. And you can go shelve that and go, yep, that's the way it is. But it's revelation that it says God's spirit comes and opens up your heart and lets it drip feed and filter in that more and more you begin to understand that. David said this, he said if I didn't believe that I was going to see the goodness of God, not on the other side of eternity but if I didn't believe that on this present life that I was going to see have manifested to me in a tangible way, a tangible expression, if I didn't believe that I was going to have tangibly expressed to me in some way shape or form the goodness of God this side of heaven, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. How many of us here are living in expectation that you are going to see, you are going to experience the tangible goodness of God in your life, this side of heaven. So many people believe in the goodness of God. They believe that the Lord will bless them, but they believe that the blessing of God, they believe that all that God has for you sits on the other side of eternity. Now, I believe that there is a lot of stuff that God has for us on the other side of eternity that we're not going to get here. I believe in that but I also believe in a God who from the very beginning of the Bible from the beginning of creation wanted us to understand hey don't just put your faith in what's going to happen when you die hey I'm good now I'm good right now my blessings are here now I want to do things for you now I want to show you things now I want to give you things now I want to change you now God is a God of the now and David's saying, I would have lost heart if all I thought was it was going to happen one day. And I wonder how many of us think about the things that we need in our life, the changes, the character adjustments, maybe the practical things that we're believing for, but we lose heart because we've just come to the conclusion, I'll see the goodness of God, but it's all going to happen the other side. And God wants to encourage us and say, no, no, don't lose expectation that you can experience and know the goodness of God right here, right now, in the land of the living. The goodness of God is here for us now and God wants us to live in expectation David said if I had no expectation of that I would have lost heart and I wonder how many people are losing heart because we haven't seen manifested or heard what we wanted to hear or got the answer we've been hoping for and we lose heart because we start to think well maybe God's uninterested." I feel like the spirit of God saying he wants us to stir up those things again stir up expectation in our heart that God is good he loves you and he wants to bring good things into your life not when you die but he wants to do it for you now. He wants to do it for you now. You know, I go back to to Deuteronomy, chapter 28, I think it is. And we all know the passage, choose, you know, choose life. And, And God outlines to the children of Israel and he says this, he says to them that if you obey my commands... Here's what you can expect. You all know the passage. And it goes on for half a chapter. It goes on about, if you obey my commands, here's what life will look like. In other words, if you walk fully committed and devoted to me, here's what you can expect. And then from about verse 14 on, he says, If you don't, if you choose not to live for me, if you choose not to walk in my ways, then here's what you can expect. I'm amazed as I've gone back and read the Bible in the last couple of months, how much of it is about expectation. God's not hiding things from us. He's very open and clear going, if you live this way, here's what you can expect. If you choose to live this way, here's what you can expect. So much of what Jesus had to say was about building expectation. He said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you'll speak to this mountain. In other words, all I need is a mustard seed, the tiniest, tiniest speck of faith, and you can expect mountains to move. You can expect this to happen. A lot of what Jesus taught, a lot of what Jesus said was about building expectation. He wasn't hiding things from us. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, according to my will, it'll be done. What's he saying? It's an expectation. If you know my will and you're asking things in my will, expect that I'm going to do something about that. Expect that I'm going to move. He says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. So when I'm gathered with two or more, he's saying, you can expect me to be there. I'm there. You should be expecting this. Are you expecting it? Are we living in expectation? I'm feeling stirred in my heart that God is saying 2019 is going to be a year of great opportunity for us. And I'm not just saying for Arise Church. I'm excited about this gathering of people. I'm excited about the opportunities God's going to give to us in 2019. I feel like God's been saying, you've been faithful in the little. You've been faithful in the little. You just have, have worked together as a community. And God's given us this place and we got in here. And we you know, we needed air conditioning and we got air conditioning. And we've been faithful uh, in loving one another and, and building community. We've been faithful in looking after the little thing. This is just a building. It's nothing. It's just a building. But still when God... You something you're faithful you look after it he says hey that's what i want i want faithfulness i want and we've been faithful you know people come in here and they vacuum and clean do all kinds of things we're faithful in the little when people walk through those doors you know what i feel like people genuinely take interest we we're just so everybody knows we don't have a group of people who are told every week you need to go and talk to people people just want to talk to each other we just like each other that's a great thing it's a great, wonderful thing. I've been to churches where it's not like that. And I'm not bagging other churches at all. But I've been in environments where you can walk in and walk out and nobody even knows your name. But I feel like we've got a a, a nice culture here. It's not perfect because none of us are perfect. But we're open to God. And we see the value of other human beings. We see the fingerprint of God on every person that walks through that door. And I pray that that continues. But I feel like God's saying, you've been faithful in the little. So I'm going to give you more opportunity in 2019. But I also feel like it's a word from God for those that call this place home. I feel like God's been stirring in my heart this year to say to you, God has opportunity for you. 2019 will be a year of opportunity for each of you. There are going to be opportunities that God is going to bring your way. But my question is this, are you going to be expecting those opportunities? Because there's something about expectation. Anyone ever played that kid's game, Spotto? You ever played Spotto? You know the game? The stupid yellow car game. I'm driving, and because I drive, Chloe wants to play Spotto all the time. Well, who's going to win that? I'm driving. It's unfair. I can't take my eyes off, and she's looking down every side street and side alley like this, trying to play Spotto. (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing about Spotto. When you're playing Spotto, you'll see 50 yellow cars in an hour. When you're not playing Spotto, you don't see 50 yellow cars in an hour. But guess what? 50 yellow cars probably drove past you. But you missed every one of those yellow cars. Why? Because you were not looking around in expectation of a yellow car. And I wonder how many of us miss the goodness of God that goes flying past us every day, every year, because we're not living in expectation of God's goodness toward us. We're not looking for it. Our eyes aren't open. We're not expecting it. So the blessings of God fly past us at a rapid rate. How many divine appointments has God brought into our life? People that God's brought there for a reason, so that we can be a blessing to them, but also that they can bring a blessing into our life. How many of us miss those moments because we're not looking for that divine appointment, that blessing of God, the goodness of God coming into our world? How many business opportunities for those of you involved in business? God tries to bring things across your path to to, to bless you, to, to prosper you more. Perhaps it's new business opportunities. Perhaps it's someone that has a dream of a business or a desire of starting something or doing something different than what you're doing. And God brings an opportunity across. But because we're not looking for or expecting God to see that desire and want to meet that desire, it just goes straight past us and we miss it. Are we living in expectation that we're going to see the goodness of God? I believe the Lord's saying that in 2019, get ready because he's going to bring some good things your way. He's going to bring you opportunities. But the question is, are you going to live 2019 with an openness and an expectation where you'll catch and you'll see those opportunities? I was walking down the street one day, and I'll I'll show you where thong was coming into things in case you thought I just randomly wanted to have a chat about a thong. That thong, by the way, I realise that thong, and so, yeah, and so I'm walking down the street with a mate of mine. This is going back a few years, and it's about eleven o'clock at night, and we're going fishing. I love fishing, and there's fishermen here, fisher women here. Jackie's hands went straight down to the ground. Then <laughs> she eats it, but she won't catch it. She won't clean it. She won't. just eat it. And so I'm walking down the street on uh, East Ballina. And we're walking up to Prospect Bridge, me and a mate, it's 11 o'clock at night, we're walking along, I'm holding a fishing gear, bag here, excuse me, fishing rod, and we're walking along, and the next thing you know, out of nowhere, this thing hits me in the face. I literally, it was like a movie, I threw the bag and the rod in the air, legs came out from underneath me, bang, flat on my back on the footpath. And I'm laying there going, what was that? And next thing I, I look to the side of me, and here's a black thong laying next to my head. And then this car goes past, and there's kids out the window going, Oh god. Oh, yeah! And I'm laying on the ground going, What was that? Do you realise how hard one of these things can hurt? Have you ever had someone throw a thong at you while they're going 80 Ks an hour? It hurts. Knocked me flat on my back, I was gone. I didn't know either whether to be upset, angry about this guy and what he'd done, should I get up and chase him and beat him and stab his tyres with my fishing knife or, or on the other side I was extremely impressed thinking what a great shot, that's a skill, that's a, almost a God-given gift I couldn't do that, I didn't know what to do I was perplexed in my emotions but I'll tell you one thing, I wasn't expecting a thong in the face if I was expecting that thong to come my way, and this is where, and this is what I was going to this was going to be my illustration, okay? So when I say if I was expecting, you throw it at me. Okay? Hang on, hang on, wait for no, Just, just, like, not gentle. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting it to come my way, but if I was expecting a thong to come my way, <laughs> and in my imagination, I caught that. But here's the other thing. I wasn't even looking. I was looking over here and I just went, like that. So sometimes illustrations don't pan out the way, but you get the point. If I was expecting that to come, then I maybe might have stopped that, I might have caught that. It's amazing when we're expecting things, how we see more and we hear more. When we're not expecting, we see less and we hear less and we catch less. Are we going into 2019 with a sense of great expectation? Are we looking forward to all that God wants to do? Are we living in expectation of the goodness of God When we're not, I wonder, how many things do we miss out on? I believe that we miss out on a lot of things. And I don't think God wants us to miss out on those opportunities that he's bringing our way. But the challenge is, can you lift your level of expectation? Can you pick yourself up? Can you believe that you are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? You. Michael Cox, can you believe you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Nick, can you believe that you're not? Not everybody else in the church. You, you are going to see the goodness of God in 2019. Karina, can you believe you are going to see the goodness of God? I could go around this room, and I'm asking you the question. Not do you believe for every because it's so easy sometimes to believe for other people, isn't it? We look around and we go, "Well, that person's really holy." I mean, Michael sails boats, and God created the oceans, and Jesus got on boats. Of course, He loves Michael. You know, of course He's gonna, of course He's gonna bless Michael because Michael drives boats. And Peter drove boats, and then Michael and Peter, you know. I look around at people that are financially well off and go, well, of course, they're smart business, but of course God will bless them, you know. We might look around and go, oh, that person's, you know, look at Daniel. Stand up for a second. Stand up for a second for me. Stand up on the stage for me for a second. Lift up your thing. Look at them socks. Look at them socks. He gets away with yellow so- I could never pull that off in a thousand years. You know why he can pull that off? You know why he can pull that off? It must be the blessing of God it's the blessing of God I could never pull off yellow socks you can it's obvious that God's going to bless Daniel plus he just looks cool even when he's not trying to look cool he looks cool people like me try to look cool and the more cool I try to look the less cool I actually look it's ridiculous but it's easy sometimes to think that God wants to bless other people my question to you is this do you believe that God wants to bless you do you believe that God wants to bless you you know, when I play football, I coach a lot of, uh, I've coached rugby league over the years and touch football and I coach at representative level. I'm about to start coaching the Northern Eagles, our regional over 45s team. We've got to begin coaching, being in training this month for our national titles. Here's one thing I say every time I coach a team, every time without fail. You get to a tournament and they look at who we're playing and they see certain names and I can see people do it. It's, it they drop and they go, oh, we're playing manly first. Well, Manly's one of the best teams in the country, so what are they saying? I can tell what they're doing is their expectation is now we're going to lose. It's just a matter of how much we we'll lose. Now, here's what I say to my teams every time. I say, if you don't think we can win that game, then I want you to hop away from the team, go and stand up the end with the spectators because you're going to be no good out here if you walk out on that field expecting to lose. If you don't think that we can win this, you're better off not being a part of the game. Why, why be here? And I challenge them every time. You need to get to a place where every time you walk on that field, I don't care what the name is, you believe that we can win that game. Otherwise, if you don't have that expectation, it'll affect the way you play. It'll affect what happens when things don't go. You'll drop your head. Here we go again. I knew this was going to happen. So on. If you don't think, if you don't have that expectation, we miss out on so much. Not only in in, in what we see and what we hear, but we also miss out on what we are able to contribute and what we're able to bring to the table in any given environment. My question again, are you expecting to see the goodness of God in 2019? Because I believe God's saying he wants to bring it to you. He wants to show you things. Now here's the thing. In the remainder time I've got, Michael Landon, who was Michael Landon from Little House on the Prairie? Yeah? Yeah? He made this statement once. Here's what he said. He said, expectations in your life just lead to giant disappointments. What a sad statement. Expectations in your life just lead to giant disappointments. But you know what? He's on to something. So I think the enemy of expectation is disappointment. We believe for something, we expect something, it doesn't happen. So what happens next time we step up to the plate? The same thing that happens the next time we play manly. We play manly, they beat us 10-0. And then we walk back onto the field the next day to play them again in a semifinal. And people are thinking, oh. We drop the expectation. We lessen the expectation. Disappointment is the enemy of expectation. Now here's the thing. Disappointment is a feeling. It's an emotion. And like every emotion out there in the world, how many of you know that If you want to achieve anything in life or if you want to go anywhere, you can't afford to be led by your emotions because our emotions can be all over the shop. One day we're up and one day we're down. We don't make decisions and we don't move forward based solely on emotion. Disappointment is an emotion, but it's amazing how many people allow disappointment to stop them from expecting again. It's amazing how many times we're disappointed. You see it all the time with people, oh, I fell in love once. And, you know, they mistreated me and they didn't return the love or they fell out of love and so i'll never love again i've been disappointed in love so i'm going to allow that disappointment to remove the expectation that i could ever be loved again i trusted that person once and they didn't so now all of a sudden because of disappointment i can't trust again i believed god that he would do this and he didn't and so now i just can't believe god again because i've been disappointed disappointment is an emotion like any other emotion and we need to be aware that we're not meant to live our lives being led by emotions. But I want to finish with this really quickly in the remainder of the time we've got. <coughs> I want to finish with three things. Just, it's not a be-all and end-all, but three ways to deal with disappointment. Every one of us have had disappointments. And when I talk about expectation for next year, probably some of you are sitting there going, well, hang on a second this happened this year, this happened, this happened. I had my expectations up and and this happened. It was rattled and rocked and rolled and shocked. A little bit like Michelle. I keep talking about it, but it's a good example. We prayed for Michelle for weeks and months to be healed and she wasn't. So what does that mean? Do we no longer pray for healing anymore because someone we prayed for passed on to eternally? Or do we still pick ourselves up and go, No, Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't even like it. she passed but God what do I do do I allow my disappointment to take black marker and run it through something that's in the Bible that's very clear to me that our God is a healing God do I run a black marker through all those verses or do I somehow pick myself back up and go no I'm going to go again and again and again and again what do we do how do we handle disappointment (laughs) go with me really quickly to Luke chapter 5 just a couple of minutes we'll finish with this Luke chapter 5 In Luke chapter 5 we have the story of Jesus preaching to the crowds and Peter has a boat and so Jesus jumps in the boat and he goes out, tells Peter just go out a little bit and Peter comes out a little bit and then Jesus sitting in the boat he turns and he addresses the crowd. Uh, amazing how Jesus was so far ahead of his day, isn't it? I mean, we understand now that sound travels across water. How how amazing was it? And if you go and have a look at the place where Jesus was at the time, uh, it's like an amphitheater type environment. The, the the sound would have traveled across. Here we are with you know, I was going to say millions of dollars, probably thirty dollars worth of sound gear and stuff. But uh, you know, other churches have got millions of dollars worth of sound gear and stuff to get this. And so, what does Jesus go? You know, if Jesus was here, maybe maybe what we should have done is just put a pool in the middle here. And had you all sit on the other side of the water and we could have got rid of all the amplification, maybe. It's a great idea. Jesus was ahead of his time. But he's sitting there and he gets pushed out on the boat and he finishes preaching. And here's what happens in Luke chapter 5. you got that verse there for me, Luke? Luke chapter 5. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out under the deep and let down your nets for catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, that your word will let it down. First thing I want to say to you when it comes to dealing with disappointment is this. It's okay to acknowledge disappointment, okay? There's an extreme version of the Christian faith that says you can't speak anything negative. You can't acknowledge disappointment. You can't acknowledge hurt. It's, it's not in the Bible. Here's what Peter is saying to Jesus straight away. He's letting him know, you know what, we told all night we caught nothing. If you're a fisherman and your livelihood depends on catching fish, you're going to be disappointed with that result. You're going to be disappointed with that result. He's just being honest and saying to Jesus, I know what you're telling me to do, but I want to let you know this is what happened last time I did it. Last time I did what you're telling me to do, I caught nothing. And I did it all night. I did this all night with my workers and, and I depended on that too by the way because that's how I feed my family and that's how I look and that's how I make a living and so, so I'm just letting you know last time I tried to do what you said to do I got zero result that was disappointing It's okay to be honest with our disappointments. As a matter of fact, I think we have to acknowledge the disappointments. Otherwise, they bottle up on the inside and they will find their way of destroying your future somehow, some way or another. It's okay to acknowledge disappointment. One of my favourite passages in the Bible is Jesus uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, which Chloe actually shared this morning. I love Jesus sitting there and saying to the Father as he prays, with sweats of drops of blood. But he's honest enough with God to go, you know, if there's any other way we can do this, I sure would like that. That's honesty. It's emotional honesty. God created you. He can handle your emotional honesty. And if you've been disappointed in 2019, uh, 18, sorry, maybe life hasn't panned out the way that you did. Some people are going, I can't wait for the calendar to turn and say goodbye to 18. And maybe you're like that for different reasons. If you've got disappointments, I think it's important to acknowledge them. There's nothing wrong with going to the Lord and saying, you know what, God, this didn't pan out. My family is not what I was hoping it would be. My marriage hasn't gone the direction I thought it would go. My finances haven't gone. My business hasn't happened. It's okay to acknowledge and be honest with God. As a matter of fact, I think it's not only okay, I think it's imperative to moving forward out of disappointment and back into the laneway of expectation. It's okay to acknowledge your disappointments. That's exactly what Peter was saying to Jesus. Hey, I fished all night. I did exactly what you are telling me to do now. I've already done that. Been there, got the t-shirt. And got nothing out of it. It's okay to be brutally honest with God. The second thing is that I think we need to make a choice to let it go. We've got to choose to let things go. Some of us think that things will just magically disappear over time. You know, I've found that things don't magically disappear over time. I just forget why they were there in the first place. Before you know it, you wake up one day and I don't talk to that person anymore. And it's natural and comfortable and normal not to talk to them. But what happened was so far back, I can't even tell you why I don't talk to them. I just know we don't get on. I just know we don't like each other. I just know that I don't talk to this person, or I just know that I don't do that, or I don't go there because something happened 20 years ago last time. I, was, I can't remember what it was, but I just don't go there anymore. I think we need to make a choice to let disappointment go. Disappointment is a part of life. As a matter of fact, without expectation, there would be no such thing as disappointment. They a left in a right-hand glove. They're going to coexist today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life. Wherever there's opportunity to expect, there'll be opportunity to be disappointed. But we've got to choose to let disappointment go. One of my favourite uh, passages that Paul wrote, Philippians chapter 3, I think it is. You got it there? Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Listen to what Paul the Apostle is saying. Powerful words from a man that has gone through a lot. A man that led innocent women and children to death, because he thought that they were following an illegal cult, a sect. And here he is, and I think this is his most emotionally raw and honest passage of any letter he's written that we have recorded in the Bible. Here's what he says. He says, Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, what he's saying is, I don't consider myself to know or lay a hold of a lot of things, but one thing I do... Of all the things I've learned, of all the miracles I've performed, God has moved through me, healing, signs, wonders, all kinds of things. I've preached to kings and paupers. I've been in prison. I've been whipped. I've been jailed. I've seen angels. I've been to the third heaven. I've had all these experiences. But there's only one thing I'm very, very confident that I can say to you I've learned through all my life. Here's the one thing. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says, of all the things I've learned is this. If you want to go forward, you have to learn to let go of what's behind. You have to let go of it. Now, I can imagine him sitting there writing that thinking of all the things that he had done. Perhaps the great deep-seated disappointment that he felt at the fact that, why didn't I see this sooner? I mean, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I knew the law back to front. And I killed all these people before God arrested. Why didn't I see this before? Why was I such a cruel-hearted person? Why did I go and do what I did? I should have known better. And he's sitting there going, but you know what, if I'm going to go forward in God, I've got to let go of that stuff. I can't hang on to that stuff anymore. I've got to let go of the past. And if you've got disappointment over things in 2018, first, you've got to acknowledge that disappointment. Secondly, you've got to make a choice to let it go. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. You've got to choose to let go of that disappointment. And thirdly, finish up here. Acknowledge your disappointment, choose to let it go, and thirdly, do something in expectation again. You know, maybe you, you, m- m- maybe you prayed for those people and they didn't get healed. Well, you know what? Don't pray for someone else again. This is the interesting thing about I have expectation, it doesn't come to pass, I'm disappointed. In order to, to get back to that place of expectation, it's kind of like a circle. It usually means I've got to go back and do that very thing that caused the disappointment in the first place. I'm going to go back to that same place and do that thing again. Risking again the potential for disappointment, but it doesn't matter. I've got to get back to that place of expectation. Because God said he wants me to live that way. God said I'm going to see the goodness of him in the land of the living. It's almost like we're going to go back to that place and risk potential disappointment again. But it's a better place to live in than be living in a place with no expectation. Facing a future with no hope, with no vision, with no expectation that you're going to see, encounter, taste, feel, smell the goodness of God in your life. Maybe you've got to forgive someone again. Maybe, maybe you've got to give again. Maybe you've got to trust again. You've got to love again. Whatever it is, get that expectation back up. Do something. Acknowledge your disappointment. Choose to let it go. And then do something in expectation again. After Peter had said to Jesus, you know what, I toiled all night. We fished all night. I'm a fisherman too, by the way. So I probably know this stuff a little better than you. You're what? a carpenter, that's right. <laughs> You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. You think If you think it's that easy, don't you think I would have done it before? Matter of fact, I did it all night. But, but, at your word, I'll do it again. The next verse said he caught such a massive amount of fish that he had to call his buddies from other boats. Imagine if he had have gone, been disappointed and not going to do it again. And all those fish are swimming around under the boat going, quickly, we're here, catch me, catch me, catch me! But he won't drop a net. Why? Because he's been disappointed. What if, the next, what, if, what if the healing that you're believing to see is the next prayer away? What if the love that you're waiting to get is the next person away? What if the success is the next deal away? What if? What if, what if? What is God saying to you? Will you allow your disappointments to overpower you and you allow your disappointment to be the thing that when we step into 2019 you'll wake up hanging on to those disappointments or are you going to make a choice to let go of those disappointments step into the first day of 2019 embracing the reality that God wants to show you his goodness reveal his goodness manifest his goodness to you this side of heaven in the land of the living I believe 2019 is going to be an exciting year it's going to be an awesome year of opportunity and I hope and pray that each of us have our eyes and our ears open enough and we're expecting that goodness that when it comes past us when we get a sniff of that goodness of God just a slight glimpse in our peripheral vision of the goodness of God that we would turn and grab a hold of it and take it and squeeze out of it everything that God has for us for 2019 finishing you can put John chapter 20 verse 29 up Thomas who gets a bad rap by the way we we know him as who Thomas? Doubting I don't know that Thomas was so much a doubter. I think maybe Thomas is the ultimate example of a person who was disappointed. Followed Jesus for years, believed, did all this stuff. And then when Jesus was crucified and the disciples saw him, Thomas didn't see him. And the disciples come running to Thomas and they go, hey Thomas, we just saw the resurrected Lord. And Thomas says, you know, unless I put my hands in the, fingers in the holes of his hands, and unless I can, can see the scar in his side, which by the way, was not because he was any less than the others, because if you go a couple of verses back, the Bible says when Jesus appeared to them, what did he do? He showed them his hands and his side. All Thomas was saying was, I just want the same thing you've had. I can imagine when they came running, they said, Thomas, we've seen him. We saw the holes in his hands. We saw the side. It's probably why Thomas said, unless I see the holes, see the side, I won't believe. We all know the story. Jesus appeared. I don't think Thomas was... Necessarily an outright unfaith person. I think he was probably disappointed. He was saying this, I'm not going to get my hopes up again, been there, done that. I got my expectation up, I believed he was the saviour of Israel. I believed he was the one that was going to come and set our people free. I believed he was the Messiah, I believed all this stuff. Like they all believed, they just didn't completely understand how God was going to do it. And I believe that he was just the ultimate picture of somebody with great deep-seated disappointment. So Jesus appears in his mercy and grace, and he says, hey, Thomas, put your hand here. Check this out. And then here's what Jesus says. He says, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Then he says these beautiful words, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let me paraphrase that in the New Allen version. I want to leave you with this. This is what I believe he's saying. Thomas, you can choose to live that way, not believing until you've seen it and not expecting unless you have experienced it. But a more blessed life is one lived in expectation of my goodness and involvement, even though you may not have seen it yet. I want to live that more blessed life. Is there anybody here that wants to live that life? I want to go into 2019 with an expectation. I believe it. I am going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I, I, I want to speak that over every one of your lives as well. I believe 2019, I don't care what the experts say, the, 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 the Nostradamuses of the world, I read a prediction the other day, some woman, she died 40 years ago, she was blind and deaf and everything, but she's predicted what's going to happen you know, for the future of the world. And, and it was just all doom and gloom, the world's going to crash and this, that and everything else. But I feel the spirit of God inside of me, I don't listen to all that stuff. 2019 for my people, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for, uh, again, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. I thank you for what that opened up for each of us that call upon you, God, the forgiveness of sin, Father, the removal of our shame, our guilt. Father, but I also thank you that it opened up for us a life that is super abundant and beyond just this natural world. God, I pray as we leave this place as we begin to reflect and think about 2018, as we look forward to 2019. God, I pray that each of us here, that we would run into 2019. We wouldn't walk timidly into it, God, expecting uh, more disappointment or expecting it to be a replication of perhaps the things that have disappointed us in 2018. But I pray as we go into 2019, we would run in open-handed, open-hearted, open-minded, expecting to see and experience and to feel and to taste and to touch the goodness of God in this land of the living right here. So, Father, I just pray that, I prophesy that over every person in this room right now, that they would be full of expectation for 2019 to experience the goodness of God in their life and in their world. And, Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited about next year. I'm excited about this afternoon too. Uh, Going home and seeing that Australia scored 150 runs with their last two wickets remaining, and we won the Test match. not sure if that expectation will lead to disappointment, perhaps. But it doesn't matter. I'm still going to believe the next Test we can win. Amen? Have a fantastic week. And I don't feel like you've got to run off. There's some more morning tea there and tea and coffee. Hang around, have a chat. And uh, if I don't see you, the classic line, I'll see you next year. Exactly. Okay, bless you guys.